your guitar and I got to get to you singing because you're going to sing two new songs. But um, I love when you just do that. I mean, I think you without a band stripped down is about the best experience to hear. Ed yeah. Sheeran. And I think, you know, I think I probably will do that. I mean, I get a lot of pushback when I put out records now because it's people don't like the production and they're like, why can't you just be stripped and acoustic guitar? But like, that's what everyone expects me to do. And that's what I don't want to do. I want I want to do stuff that makes me ex yeah. excited. And I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not saying I won't do a stripped down album at at some point. But kind of when I've done that, then what's next? You know. So explain people... to me. You got to tell make me understand this. Maybe I have it wrong. So you're getting ready to do Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Lauren says. Now this is what I read. I you you set me straight. Lauren says to you, Lauren Michaels, the producer of Saturday Night Live. Hey Ed, if you're coming on, you got to bring your band. You can't come on yeah. and just do your, you know, just well, that do your was the guitar. First time, that was the first time I played it. So I totally yeah. get that. And he was actually, he actually let me uh, do a loop pedal this time, but I can't do it because of my quarantine. I was basically meant to go in and rehearse it with a loop pedal. But now because of my quarantine, I can't. So I am doing it with, with a band. But I would have gone on and do done the loop station, basically. Oh, okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Because I'm like, who's going to tell Ed Sheeran at this point in his career that he should play with a band? Go fuck themselves. You know what I mean? I was getting a little well, worked up mate, about I it. I enjoy that, though. I enjoy doing stuff different. I just did a, a a tiny desk gig with a band, and it was so so fun to do. And I do I do enjoy doing it. But this is the thing: like, if I'm a if I'm a one dimensional artist, and you say you really like me with acoustic guitar, right? So if that's the only thing I do, eventually that gets Boring. a bit tiresome, right? And no. and my my first album was that, and my second album was partly that, and my third album was a little bit that, and now my fourth. Like me putting out a song like Bad Habits scares my fan base and they go, Oh, we don't know what we think about this. But if I'd have just come out and done Castle on the Hill again or A Team again or like whatever, photograph again, like eventually that gets tiresome and people stop being interested. And I, I love, I love the idea of be, still being able to do things that, uh, don't make sense to people because I feel, I feel like a lot. I, feel, I don't think Shape of You makes sense to people. I think there's there's a lot of people that are confused that I had a song that you could play in a club because I'm not. I don't make songs that you can play in a club. I make, as you said, like acoustic songs. So I, I love being right. able to do things and fit in different boxes. Well, I was talking about my two favorite songs from the new album, uh, Visiting Hours and uh, First Times. Um, just so fucking beautiful and meaningful i never you know I, even that that lyric about wembley stadium i just I, i'm like how do you turn that into a lyric and you did it you know um thank you it's pretty crazy but um we were gonna we were gonna play um uh, shivers from uh yeah. the new album let's talk about that song for a sec um one of those that just came to you real quick mm, kind of no i had the chorus of it um but I wrote this when the Divide Tour finished and I had the chorus of it. And it was basically, I wanted to capture the excitement of the first time that you would hang out with, with you know, the first, first time you feel uh, a spark, basically, rather than, um, you know, a lot of my songs are about sort of this endless true love and I'll, I'll love you for the rest of your life. It was more, more about the excitement of the first instance. Of it, Moment. Yeah, yeah. That, that heat that you're, you're hot Precisely, for each yeah. other. All right, yeah. this is called uh, Shivers. This is uh, Ed. Ed Sheeran. I took an arrow to the heart. I never kissed a mouth that tastes like yours. Strawberries and something more. Oh, yeah, I want it all. Lipstick on my guitar. Ooh. Fill up the engine, we can drive real far. Go dancing underneath the stars. Oh, yeah, I want it all. Got me feeling like I wanna be that guy. I wanna kiss your eyes. I wanna drink that smile. I wanna feel like I like my soul's on fire. I wanna stay up all day and all night. Yeah, you got me singing like ooh. I love it when you do it like that. And when you're close up, give me the shivers. Baby, you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks. And when they say the party's over, then we'll bring it right back. Say ooh, I love it when you do it like that. And Close up, give me the shivers Baby, you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks And when they say the party's over Then we'll bring it right back into the car On the back seat in the moonlit dark Wrap me up between your legs and arms Oh, I can't get enough 
You know you could tear me apart Put me back together and take my heart I never thought that I could love this heart Oh, I can't get enough mm, You got me feeling like I wanna be that guy I wanna kiss your eyes I wanna drink that smile I wanna feel like I Like my soul's on fire I wanna stay up all day and all night Yeah, you got me singing like Ooh, I love it when you do it like that And when you're close up Give me the shivers Baby, you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks And when they say the party's over Then we'll bring it right back Say, ooh, I love it when you do it like that And when you're close up Give me the shivers Oh, baby, you wanna dance till the sunlight cracks And when they say the party's over Then we'll bring it right back Be you so hot You make me shiver with the fire You got this thing we started I don't want it to stop You know you make me shiver Stop writing good songs. Thank you. You're insane. Like a mad genius over there. I do I, I do write a lot though, Howard, and a lot of them are very bad. My manager's sitting right here and he's sort of nodding <laughs> along. Because <laughs> I, I send him I send him songs and I'm like, this is the first single. And then I just won't even get a reply and I'll be like, oh. He knows. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, you, I read that you wrote 17 versions of that song. I don't, I don't even comprehend that. What do you mean 17 versions? No, no, no. Song? I didn't write. I didn't write. So there was, because that song was done so early in the album process, um, and this happened on Photograph um, on my second album, and this happened on, um, I would say, Perfect as well on Divide and You Need Me on my first album. When songs are written so early in the process and the album sort of shifts in its, you know styles and production blah 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 then the first song that you sort of finished for it constantly shifts as well so every time i'd go now this is the direction of the album shivers would get reproduced a little bit you know uh, and then okay so the the final version of shivers was made as we were mixing the album down so the album is going to print in like three days right it's going to uh get printed onto vinyl and it's only in that moment that we go this production doesn't work. And Fred, who had worked on um, some of the other stuff, so, so sh I, I did uh, Shivers with uh, uh, Steve, who I did Shape of You with, and, and 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 Johnny. And Steve had done sixteen versions, and Fred basically did took the sixteenth version and added some elements of it that would uh, that sort of fit with Overpass Graffiti and Bad Habits and blah blah blah. So it it flowed a bit better, essentially. It's so real was, important to you. That the song matched the album in a way. It, it, there's a vibe to the album. It's got to have the right vibe. It's all got to kind of work yeah, together. Which is why, yeah. do, and I don't want people to like think I don't, I, I love Shape of You, but it's why I found it so difficult to put Shape of You on the album is because I'd, I'd crafted this thing that flowed and then suddenly it was like, and here's a marimba and here's singing about going to the club and blah, blah, blah. You know, like it, it just, for me, it just felt out of place. And now I listen to the record and actually there's a lot of things on Divide that it's quite a schizophrenic album. It's like this style and this style and this style and this style. But with this album, because it was all made really under one roof with the same people, there was, uh, it's essentially a thread that went that went through it and i didn't want any songs to sort of stand out like a sore thumb basically you know uh i'm glad you're going to do this song bad habits too from the new album can because, i can uh, i sh can i shift actually i wanted to play another song since you ooh. just said about the springsteen thing i wanted because bad bad habits has been out about five months now so i want to be, be able true. to play something else so i wrote uh, a song with uh with with, with johnny the first he moved into my house uh when lockdown hit and uh we essentially lived there for um yeah i mean like four you two are married or something you and johnny well yeah i mean we kind of joke about that sometimes because i mean he, yeah. we we lived together for the whole of um 
multiply me making that he moved to the states and i I toured with snow patrol basically and that's how i met him for the first time and then when the tour ended he moved in with me in nashville and then we moved to los angeles and then a similar thing on divide he came and lived at my house but this one was a you know jerry had just got pregnant and he was pretty much there for the whole of the pregnancy i mean he's cherry like this does Cherry ever turn to you and say, look, I, I like Johnny and everything, you know, but Jesus Christ. Well, this is what's what, well, he wasn't living in the house. He was living next next door. Um, and okay. he's very much the type of person who like he kind of keeps himself to himself. So like every, we'd yeah. be like, right, let's 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 have let's have dinner. But largely he likes his own space and his own his own time. So we never I mean, Cherry adores him, like adores him. Um, yeah, I like that guy. I, I've hung with him and. uh you know what I always say to my wife afterwards? I go, you know, he's not a pain in the ass. He knows when to leave. And, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I, you know, he, he knows when you've had enough of him. He's not the kind of guy that just sits there all day. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's amazing. How many people do you get that come to your house that are a pain in the ass that just stay there and go? Oh, too many. Like, I, I sometimes get up and leave. downstairs. Yeah, I get up and leave. I say, here, go ahead. Go throw a bowling ball. Leave me out. That's it. It's the end of it. But, 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 uh, Ed. The, oh, so you're going to switch it up. But I was going to say about Bad Habits, which I thought you were going to do. The reason I like the song, too, is because I was like, oh, so Ed gave up smoking. Ed, get, you know, your own bad. Ha- I mean, it's about I think it's a, a love song or farewell love song to your bad habits in the sense, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, well, I when 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 my daughter, like, probably like three months before my daughter was born, I got hit with the realization of. Like, I probably open a bottle of wine at, like, 7 p.m. at night, right? And then whatever happens after that happens. And, uh, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and then I got to the realization of, like, what if Cherry's water breaks tonight at 8 p.m.? I can't drive her to the hospital, and I have to ring someone, and then they drive. I mean, I would feel like the worst husband. So about, like, three months wow. before three months before Lyra was born, I was like, right, this is my last day of having it. And uh, Johnny was there actually, and we put on Rattle and Hum, the uh, um, YouTube documentary. YouTube. Yeah, because uh, it's Johnny's favorite film, and that was the beginning of our day. And then the end, I won't tell you about the end, but yeah, it was. <laughs> what happened at the end? Uh, oh man, it was pretty. I, I think I was kind of not allowed back in the house, sort of thing, you know? It was pretty. <laughs> really? How were you it doing? Was a good- it was a good send off. It was a good send off. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that was like the last time, and that was maybe like June, um, and then Lyra was born end of end of August. But that and I sort of re- was reflecting on that in 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 January because me as a me as a father is very very different to me as not a father. As I said, like I relish the morning now. I get up, I uh, feed feed my daughter breakfast. I'll go I'll go in the gym. I work out. I'll we'll then go for a walk around the garden. It, like it's like that's my morning. Yeah. The morning before would be null and void, and I'd wake up <laughs> at two p.m. in the afternoon. I'd get a takeaway. I'd probably open a beer, and then I know. It would just carry on from there. So uh, my, my, my wife and I always say, "How do people not get up super early? We love the morning. We love yeah, like but, starting no, but that I think day." The shift. I think the shift happens. Like the the reason that like, this sounds super hippie, but the reason the album is called Equals is the equals is in between a question and an answer, right? It's the end of an answer, uh, end of a question and and start of an answer. And I really feel like your thirties are when questions start to be answered. You're in your twenties. Like I remember turning 21 and being like, I'm a grown up now, but still doing all the like 18 year old shit that, you know, I would still, my, my, my meal plan would be fries. It would be like, right, where, where are we getting that? That would just be it, you know, like, um, and then throughout your twenties, you're sort of you're sort of dating, and you're finding out what sort of uh, what sort of food you like, what sort of drink you like, whether you like clubs, because that's another thing. When you're eighteen, uh, no, when you're seventeen, you look at clubs as this thing that are going to be the most like, oh my god, I can't wait to go clubbing. I remember the first time walking into a club, being like, this is shit. Like you have to <laughs> queue up twenty minutes to buy a ten pounds pint, and then you can't even speak to your friends, and then like. Yeah, mate, I just, I just remember it being, so, so anyway, you spend your twenties figuring that shit out. And then I turned 30, I got married, had a kid. Um, and then, yeah, that was where all the, uh, questions basically started to be answered. And I realized that I wasn't a 26 year old touring, but I met you, uh, well, no, I mean, I met, I met you in 2014 or whatever, but when I was at your house was 2015 and that was like peak 
I was yeah. 24 years old. Going well, I said to you at the time, I go, Ed, you might be an alcoholic. You got to look at this. <laughs> uh, you know, you really, I mean, you're hitting that bottle really, really heavy and you were smoking and stuff. So like now you're all cleaned up. You're muscular. I mean, you're like yeah. a, a different but man. Does your happens, wife, Matt. does your well, wife my... look at you now when you take your clothes off for your wife and, and it's time to get busy? <laughs> does she look at you now and go, holy shit, Ed, this is like a whole new man. Um, there is a fine balance there because you never want to be the most in shape one out of the two. And she is very in shape because she plays, she plays hockey, but I think she preferred, I think honestly, she preferred me with a bit of meat on the bones. <laughs> but the thing is, I think she likes, I think she likes that I'm, I'm healthy. Like I'm not a sluggish individual anymore. Like I am up early. I, you know, my day is full of stuff. I'm not like... On tour, I would I would wake up at like two p.m. underneath a venue, uh, and then sort of like hang out, and then go on stage once the sun had gone down, and then play the gig, and then go out, and then fall asleep on the bus and go to the next place. And I just you just don't see sunlight at that. What point. a life! You know, yeah. I'll brag for you. I was reading the stats on that tour. I'm talking about that two years where you toured. You made some crazy number. I was reading. Wait, I wrote it down. I made, I wrote down it was like six hundred forty three million bucks. Can you imagine? Could you? I mean, six hundred forty-three million dollars on that tour, and that's just you yeah. standing there with your guitar, no overhead, which I like. Well, I mean, people say no overhead, but this, uh, we had like two or three stages that would like hop each other, and maybe two hundred crew that would work. So it right. was. It's not the the number that gets printed is not the number you want, and then obviously there's tax on that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not. I don't want to right. say it wasn't a lot, but like no, you don't that get... number gets printed and everyone assumes you're like, yeah, you yeah, took I home would... all that money, yeah. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna, I was gonna borrow some money from you when I heard that. I mean, but you're right, there is taxes and there is the the overhead and all that stuff. So if you're not, I feel play... so uncomfortable when that when that when that stuff comes up, man, because I've just why because it's uh, you basically, you, I don't know, man. It's like it's not it's not what you do it for, and the more that that gets printed, the more people think that I do it for that. So people go, "Oh, you toured so you could beat U2's record of highest attended, highest grossing," and that we just toured. And then one day they said, "Hey, by the way, you beat you beat this record," and we just loved playing shows. And I think the more and more it gets painted out that uh, you know, in in England they have this uh, this thing every year where they print people's what what they've earned Income, and, their, and their yeah. and their net worth. And the more and more that that gets banded around, banded around, the more and more people think that I do it for that. But it's that is just something that comes because I love doing it so much. Like I I, I played two hundred and sixty shows on that tour, you know, because I, I love. I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more because when I see something like that about myself, I go, wait a second. I was born with nothing. No one was banking on me to become a hit on the radio. I would have done it. I was doing it for $200. I was doing it for $96, a, you know, a, a week, a week. And you would so have done it, it for free. Yes. So it implies that, oh, you know, you know like, like, like you were born a Kennedy or something and uh, this kind of <laughs> happened to you. No, it's all quite by accident in a way. There's no, there's no master plan. Mo most times you think, well, I really never expected to make a dime. And that's the yeah. truth. So what song you want to do from the album? I wanted, that, or I wanted to play, well, just only because you brought up the um, the Springsteen thing, but I wanted to play a song called uh, Overpass Graffiti, which I, I think is the, probably closest to that on, on, this, on this record. Um, but yeah, I, I really like it. Um. This is a dark parade Another rough patch to rain on To rain on I know your friends may say This is a cause for celebration Hip hip hooray love Photographs and sepia tone So still the fire's barely fighting the cold Alone There were times when I could feel your ghost Just when I'm almost letting it go Cards were stacked against us both And I will always love you for what it's worth We'll never fade like graffiti on the overpass yeah. I know time may change the way you think of us But I remember the way we were You were the first full stop Love that will never leave Baby, you will never be lost 
So much goes into a song. You know what I was thinking as you were playing that? I remember like um, I was watching some documentary or something on, uh, on Bruce Springsteen again. And it, it was like the original, they played the original song that he wrote for like Born to Run or whatever it was. And then you hear that the, when they get into the studio and they come up with an arrangement, it's like you write that and then you got to arrange it. And it's got to tap into what millions of people are and it, feeling. And it can do anything. It can. Do, I mean, the original version of this of this song actually was... Um, like way more power ballad and it was a bit more I will always love you for what it's worth and the production ended up we were in the studio and it just worked out that it was and it just made the song be two things you know I can now play this song in in two different ways but there's you know there's a lot of what I find uh, like pop music is pop music because it sounds like pop music but there's a lot of pop songs that are produced in a very very cool indie way that then are cool by you know the fact that they sound cool but actually they are pop songs there's a lot of bands like in england bands that i love where their songs could nest they could be like massive one direction songs but they just they're just produced in a way so you can really really shift a song in the production of it hey, like, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be an interesting project like if you took classic songs and reinterpreted them to either turn them into pop songs, like even take like a metal song and turn it, because you're right. You could almost go yeah. in the studio and take any good song that people respond to and change it into a whole different genre, right? And it changes, it changes people's perception of a song. Like if I, if I came out with this song, right, and it was just me, acoustic p guitar and a piano, and it was... I will always love like really gentle and it's got loads of backing vocals that instantly is this sort of it is like a, a, a nebraska thing and then suddenly people that are into that get plugged plug into it but sometimes i feel with with songs uh, especially songs that that i do i people can almost get turned off it instantly by hearing a and they instantly go okay it's it's that but actually underneath uh, underneath production is 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 always the song and that's what lives on i learned this from uh 
Rick Rubin. I made my, uh, a lot of my second album with uh, Rick Rubin, and he was saying to me about a band that came in with him, and uh, they played him all the songs, and they've got all the effects and all the guitar pedals and blah, 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 and it sounds amazing. And then it, they stop, and he goes, right, there's a piano and there's a guitar. Play, play me those songs acoustically. Let's see if they're actually good. And they did, and maybe there was like two songs that they ended up keeping. But that's the test, man. It's it's not. But sometimes, like a, the way a song sounds, can take it two places. But if underneath it, the song isn't great, then yeah. Because when I was hearing you play that, I said, you know what? With the right arrangement, that could be a huge anthem. That song. That song could yeah. be like. Well, uh, I hope I hope we've got the right arrangement. I mean, that's. The... I'm sure you did. I mean, you know I what hope you're we've doing. Got the right arrangement. But yeah, Listen, I before... found. A, Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, uh, no. I, I was just going to say, uh, like, I, I find on on this on this record, like, uh, because because I am an acoustic act, I find my fan base are often listening to this record, hoping, like, wishing that I could have made it acoustically. But the thing is, like, these songs will all live acoustically in all the live versions that then that then come, and it's quite nice to have try different things basically and 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 different styles. I never want to get boring. I like because yeah, then. And but, but also having me on your show, you know, if I'm just making the same album over and over again, you're absolutely can't. right. You're absolutely right. Would you ever consider putting out two versions of one song on an album? Like I would think I'd that'd actually, be interesting. I'm going in and doing this, this whole, I wanted the album to live for a bit before, before I did it. Cause I don't, I don't want, I, I want people to know the songs, but I'm going in and doing uh, all the songs in one take. Um, and just get, I'm going to walk into a studio and the album's 49 minutes long. I'm going to go in and I'm going to play the entire album, one take on acoustic guitar, chop it up that day and then put it out two weeks later. And then that'll live like like that. But this is my point. And then you have two two versions of something that, that you can listen to. If you only do one, then that's all people live with, you know? And don't you think that uh, the perfectionist in you, you really think you're going to be able to go in there and in 49 minutes cut that thing and not touch it and not do any kind of uh, overdubbing or anything? Well, I've learned over the years that the magic is in the first take. The, right. the so many times on my records, I try and re-record. So, like on "Shape of You," it's the first vocal I, vocal I put down. "Thinking Out Loud" is the first vocal I put down. "Perfect" is the first vocal I put down. Um, "A Team" is the first vocal I put. And uh, you would go back in and go, right now, let's do the real vocal, and it's never the same. So I am confident that I could walk into a studio, record it, and any like fuck-ups that i make are the magic of the first take because also i can't call it one take if it's not one take and i want i actually want to, i want my mate nick who does all my filming i want him to walk in with me with a camera film wow. me one take done finished and i think that's the ma that's the magic of it no one wants to hear something that's been uh done a, a million times no i like some of the imperfections sometimes you know but one of my favorite albums is uh four-way street crosby stills and ash and those guys hate that album because they don't think it's one of their best concerts and i love it because it's not so perfect it's them yeah. fucking up a little bit too i love it um you know you, you know that album four-way street no i don't i don't i'm, I'm, Check I'm that starting out. to get yeah i'm gonna write i'm gonna write that down yeah, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, Forward Street. It's so good. I think you're going to love it. Can I ask you a couple of real quick questions? Because I know I'm going to lose you in a second. Just real quick. On this song, this is an old song of yours, okay? Here you go. <laughs> Remember this song? I, I just recently read what that was about. I had no idea. That is a dark fucking song, man. I mean, you were dating a chick... You're downstairs at the bar, and your friend takes her upstairs and bangs her behind your back. Do I have that right? Did I? You know what, I mean, man, I know. that's like uh, that's now that the the event of that was eight years ago, and right. everyone has moved on with their with their life. I don't want to <laughs> open a can of worms. Oh, there. oh, gotcha, um, I gotcha. And, <laughs> yeah, man, but that's what it's, it's about. Cool. But do you know, I was what I was twenty two. Like, what this is this is what happens when you're. 21 22 18 like like my my first album there's lots of things in there that i I made lots of mistakes as a kid and yep, everyone around me, me made lots of mistakes this is this, this is my point about your 20s your 20s are a lot of questions of like who like what like what's what what's going on and you and you make little fuck ups every now and then but you learn from from it so i'm i'm very much like i i i'm 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 no angel you're no angel my wife Cherry is no 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 angel. We've all had Cherry is an angel. Stop it! How dare? No no I no That's no I know. That's gonna be the headline. She, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but my you want to know something? Is, 
my point is early 20s lots of stuff happens that you look back on when you're 30 and you go i would have done that differently and that the reason i like that song so much is that happened to me every day never mind once come on <laughs> everybody was behind my back banging somebody i was with i'm telling you man it was a real nightmare let me ask you about this one because i was watching the video of it last night so honey now that woman you're dancing with in this video and i know you didn't like in the beginning being in your own videos and then you yeah. were, you know you realize hey i got to appear in my own videos first of all i thought you did a real good dance with her it was very fucking erotic number one no, i think number i think that 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 sorry to, just just to say with with um britney the dancer like she and paul who taught me they basically came on tour and taught me the dance and they made a dance that she basically did all the heavy lifting as it were so she right. can make it look really 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 good like she's a really talented dancer and i just had to learn where to put my hands and there's some lifting in there but she she's basically doing 95 percent of the work and it, brother i I thought it was very sexual. I'm telling you, that is some dance. That's called dirty dancing. I am telling you, that is a nice you know, little dance. I watched that for the first time the other day, Dirty Dancing. My <laughs> wife got me a um a poster of all the hundred best films, and you scratch them off like every yep. single one. And that was uh, that was one. Have you seen um? Oh God, I don't want to get the pronunciation wrong. Um, they made a remake of it with Brian Cranston and um Kevin Hart. Is is it uh, the uh, in Intershables? The um, it's a I French, that. In, French, yeah, French. Yeah, I forget. Uh, yeah, I don't it's know right. how to so say it either. Good. It's so good. It's so good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. But the... I, I was fascinated by that because a, I think you're doing a good dance. I understand she's doing the heavy lifting, but you know. It's a very erotic video, you know? It's uh, It took some balls to do that. You can go horribly wrong with videos. You could end up looking like a fool, especially dancing. And, well, uh, I've you know, never, um, I was never in my music videos before that. If you look at my the videos I had before that, the A-Team, I make a two-second cameo in it. You Need Me, I make a two-second cameo in it. Uh, <laughs> Lego, Lego House, I get Rupert Grint to play me, I make a two-second cameo, Give Me Love. <laughs> I got Isabelle in that and I'll make a two second cameo. And then in Sing, I got a puppet made of myself so I didn't have to be in it. And then when it came to thinking out loud, don't as well, I'm not, I'm not in the video. And then when it came to thinking out loud, it was such a big song in my mind that I was like, I want to give this the biggest chance it can. And I need to have a viral moment. How can I have a viral moment? Everyone thinks I can't dance. Let me dance. Let me know. So Brittany and Paul came on tour with me for, I think about six weeks on tour. And they taught me for like two or three hours a day. And and let me tell you about getting in shape. I've never been in more shape than that. Like I you was, look good in it. You look, oh, mate, you look I was, fit. Well, because I'm doing literally lifting at like every every single day. But and anyway, I learned I learned I learned it. And I wanted to make a video that people would watch it and go, "This is so weird that this bloke has learned how to dance. I have to share this. I have to send this to someone." And because the song was good behind it. Then it picked up um, traction. So, and that was the first time I was in a music video properly. And then since then, it sort of proved that if I'm in my music videos, um, the song will be bigger, I think. Absolutely. You've got to be in the video. I cannot stand when the artist is not there singing. It drives me crazy. I don't like, like, I don't like the way I look, though, Howard. Like, I don't want... You look I, great. I, no, I know, but I don't... I, I, look at me. Ed, look at me. Look at look I, at my face. How dare you so, complain so, about you? I look like so, I've, I've been in a crash. So when someone when someone does a photo shoot of you, right, and then yep. they go, "Do you want to go through the pictures?" Like you can't. Sit, I look great in this. So that's why I don't like music videos because you shoot this thing and then someone goes, "Hey, what do you think?" And I want to say, "I don't like it because I don't like the way I look." So I just don't really watch it. I just do you I know just, how I just, much I relate to that, Ed. I I when when my movie came out, we put out the soundtrack album, and the main song in it was done by Perry Farrell. And uh, the, the the James Addiction guys, they you know gotten back together. We shot a video. I looked at me in the video with those guys. I made them edit the whole fucking thing. I took myself completely out. Thing, just the director don't, just quit. Don't ask everyone. my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just don't, oh, don't don't oh. ask your opinion. Like I say to this when before I go in for photo shoots because I don't want the uh, I don't want the photographer to think that I'm like a really moody dick. But I'm I go in and I'm just like, dude, like I promise you, like. I, the, I'm not being off because it's anything to do with you. I just don't really like doing this. And at the end of the day, don't show me anything and just oh. you, you choose, you choose what you it, want. 
It's the I've worked on my psychiatrist. I go, I don't know what's wrong with my face. I can't stand my wife took a picture of me the other day. I said, you must delete <laughs> this. It is so horrible. And in fact, all the years that I did publicity photos and stuff, I have one angle. I turn my head to that thing. I don't smile. And it's the same picture no matter where I am, because it's just the most painful thing. And I swear to you, I don't know how you ever can get over that. Once you see yourself like that, it's just. You know. I think that that's, but do you know, the, the, the thing that sort of not comforting, but is that everyone is the same. The most attractive people that I know in the world right. are just as insecure as I am. So everyone's the same. Everyone's the same. I, you know, you'll be, you'll be with people and they'll take a picture of like a big group. Someone will look at it and be like, no, 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 we have to take that again. And in my mind, I see that and I'm like, oh, it's not just me, you know, like, and, and you're saying this now. So I just think everyone, everyone's the same, basically. And I think if you're not, it's a bit weird. You know, if yeah, you but, suddenly yeah. are like, oh my God, I look amazing. <laughs> I know. I don't know anybody who thinks they look good. But it's, by the way, when I saw you recently after you've been working out and everything and, and you know, getting in shape, I, I said to my wife, look at Ed. He's like a sex symbol, but it's also weird because when you start becoming successful and making money, suddenly you do become better looking in other people's eyes. You know, it makes oh, mate, you I didn't. I, th I got I got fatter and more unhealthy as soon as I because you, you start you start having to make an effort. You start. You start By yeah, the way, it's, uh, I got to tell my audience before you go, because I know you got to leave and I've kept you long enough. But my favorite thing you did. I love it. Ed wrote a Heinz commercial. He loves Heinz ketchup. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you could see this online. He wrote, and uh, uh, Heinz, the people at Heinz Ketchup, he said, I got an idea for a commercial for you, which is weird because here you are a successful uh, musician, rock star, and most guys don't do this, but I thought this was a great move. He said, I wrote the commercial for you guys. Do you want to do it? And they said yes. And it's not so just put in Ed Sheeran. Yeah. I get, I get uh, offers a lot. Um, my manager sitting here, like he, he knows we get offered to do big campaigns for big brands and you know like lots and lots of money to be in an advert and take a sip of a drink or like do and i just don't like the idea of selling anything that i don't like truly love or believe in but howard when i tell you i love ketchup like i have a bottle of it in my bag at at all times and I've always said there's there's also a drink in England called uh, Robinson's Fruit and Barley, and I've always said if I'm ever going to do an advert, it's going to be Heinz Ketchup or Robinson's Fruit Fruit and Barley. And I've joked that there is a, there's a footballer, an ex footballer in England called Gary Lineker, who's the face of uh, Walker's um, potato chips. We call them crisps. I feel really uncomfortable saying chips. Uh, and he every year he does like a different uh, advert. And I said I want to be the Gary Lineker of ketchup. So uh, I sort of had loads of ideas for an advert and I had or a commercial I had and I just contacted one of them with with a voice note and I just sent my voice note and then they just created this pitch to the voice note and got back in touch and said do you well wanna, it's great do you want to do it Ed goes but into a, a really I'm doing another goes, one now are you for Heinz yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Ed, I want Ed, I basically I, I want to do one every single year now I love it I love it <laughs> Ed does a commercial where he goes into this really fancy restaurant like think top line restaurant John George or something like that the chef is looking at him and he brings out they bring out this gorgeous array of food Ed reaches into his bag as he's sitting at the table and starts smearing ketchup Heinz ketchup pours the bottle all over this food and the this, the, the chef the chef looks like he wants to kill himself. It's really this happened funny. To me. This is why this is why I wrote the advert. This happened to me and this happened to me and how what would you do, right? So I I understand there are some really great restaurants out there and you don't need ketchup for them. If you're having steak and chips, fries, right? You're having steak and fries and they bring them and they refuse to bring ketchup for the fries. What do you say? Like ketchup is your ketchup is not too good for this restaurant you are too good for ketchup you know what i'm like, kind of obsessed with the, the products like ketchup because you think about it this guy built an empire heinz you know off of the ketchup and what's so crazy about it is you know what he said you know where i make my money he said i don't make it on on the ketchup you put on your steak it's all the ketchup they throw out you ever notice that there's just tons of fucking ketchup you don't like eat up all the ketchup you pour a whole bunch out and then you need to have a cut you know you have a little bit of it but it's oh. he relies on yeah that's it mate i i got to pittsburgh um on my i was playing um the who's the is it the who's the big is it the pirates they're the the baseball team? Yeah. The football team yeah or pirates no, are the baseball played, team baseball. No, i yeah. think i think we played the, the, the baseball stadium but i got there and i went to the heinz museum with my <laughs> mate i mean that's kind of like that's like you're, you're too much
<laughs> yeah, uh, but do you know? So, so this is a trick. I know we're sort of bigging up Heinz a lot here. Uh, Heinz, if you're listening. <laughs> but what was I going to say? On the little bottle, there's a 57, right? And that yeah. is where, on the glass bottle, that's where you karate chop it, and that's how you get it out. Everyone thinks you hit the end of it, but you hit, you hit the 57, and that's that's what they told me. Because I wanted to do the advert with a plastic bottle and make the fart sound, because I thought that'd be so much funnier in the advert, just having a <laughs> right. all over the food. And then they were like, no, we don't. There's, yeah, they just don't do um, plastic bottles in uh, adverts anymore, which is good. You hit the bottle midpoint, and that'll... That, you, hit oh, it, wow. you hit it on the 57, no, like, a, like a karate chop. Wow. Like no kidding. Then it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> well, at my house, you didn't pull out any uh, ketchup bottle. I thought you would, but uh, you didn't. You were a gentleman. I mean, there's time. There's times and 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 places. Know your know your audience. Yeah, you, you know, I'm you not gonna... good behavior. Well, listen, oh, we man. celebrate Ed Sheeran. Um, I I gotta let you go because I've already kept you 17 hours. Uh, Ed's new album equals. It's a fabulous album. You gotta listen to it. It's available. Ed did a couple of tunes, but um, uh, maybe even after I hang up with you, I'll. I'll play a little bit of, uh, more of it, uh, but uh, Equals is now available wherever music is sold. you got to listen to Ed on Sirius XM. Hits one, he's on there all the time. But uh, congratulations on everything. I'll watch you on Saturday thank Night Live. Uh, thank you for having me on as well. And, um, man, it's always such a pleasure. I really, the first time I came on your show, I was really uh, just, you're just so good at interviewing, and, and it just always flows. It never feels like bullet pointy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And right. do you know what I found after doing your show for the first time is wherever I went in America, it, the, every single day, there would be one person going, love you on Stern every single day. <laughs> and then I <laughs> and then I mentioned that in an interview and then more and more people just start coming up to me and going, love you on Stern. <laughs> yeah, That's so great. great. Yeah, that turns me on more than anything. I, I just was talking to Brandy Carlisle. She, she said to me, I, she went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She inducted uh, somebody and uh, she wrote me a text and she said, um, Hey, Howard, I just got to, got to let you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is great and was fun. She goes, but everywhere I went, everyone at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame came up and said, hey, I loved you when you were on Howard Stern. And I said, you can't, you can't, that turns me on so much because I love musicians yeah. and I love uh, exposing them in a way where they but get to be this themselves. Is, this is why this is why it's good because people know that you love musicians and you ex expose them in a way that they get to be themselves, which is they listen to it. And I do so many interviews around the world and so many radio sessions but i know that me playing overpass graffiti on your it's on you know your 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 show it's not a box tick of we've had ed on and he's done a live session therefore we're going to play him it's me me playing the song and people actually listening to it and being like i actually dig that like rather than it just being on somewhere yeah i mean the reason i love musicians so much is that as a kid i was a lonely kid and i sat in that room and i would get an album and i would listen to it incessantly and i said and there was a point where i said to myself these guys who create such beauty and make me feel something are more important to me than any religious training i ever got i never felt anything from religion but when i listen to music that's the feeling they're talking about and so i'm grateful music, for people it's you know, it's the it's the only thing that the world can agree on. Like everywhere in the world, everyone loves music. I mean, you do get some odd people that don't listen to to anything, but music is it's it's. A They're called assholes, thing, Ed. Those are called that <laughs> asshole. I don't, tr mate. I don't trust anyone that doesn't listen to anything. I find it very, very strange. Disturbing. Go, I just don't listen to music. Like not not even like don't listen to pop music or rock music or classical. It's just I don't listen to anything. I just find yeah. that so odd. It's a weird affect. All right, listen. I'm sure you got a busy day. And, uh, hey, congratulations on the album. It's a beauty. Thank you so and, much uh, for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's, it's great talking to you. It's always a pleasure to have you. You're always a great guest. You certainly Thank are. You. Well, I'd love to, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to come back on. I'm going to be putting out, um, another record at some point. Um, is it going to be called minus? Because that's all you got left. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be in that vein. And you know what, Howard, if you want me to do an acoustic record, you're in for a treat. Ah, excellent. Well, I'm there for you, Ed. All right, Ed Sheeran, everybody. Go go check out his new album, Equals. Bye, Ed. Have a good day. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. What a fun guy. What a what a talent. This guy writes. You know, I, I have so to many ask hits. you a question when you're when you're done, because there's it came up yesterday and today and I think a few other times, and I need to ask mm -hmm. you a question. You do? Off yes. the air, you mean? No, on the air. Because oh, I think we air. all need an an explanation. What is the explanation of? What is atelier? Oh, atelier. That's a, uh, I think I'm saying it right. I hope I am. I don't know that much. But painters, you know, when you talk about painting, some people will say, 
oh, you have such natural talent. It's like what Ed was talking about. Oh, mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran, of course he's talented. You know, he was born with that, and he's not. If you listen, I, you know, I wanted to play that song for you. This is Ed as a te- he's He was a teenager, and this is what he... Let me see, is this it? Is this the song? What's the name of the the, uh, the cut that uh, Ed, he's 11 years old, and he put out an album? Somebody give me a heads up. Typical average. Column yeah, one. Typical average. Yeah, yeah. Like, this was Ed when he started out. And, you know, not that... Eleven years old. That's nice. great for an eleven-year-old. Sounding right. Like that. But the point is, he worked at his craft. And my point about painters, everyone goes, "Well, oh, this guy was a great painter." No, he wasn't. Um, you take some of the painters that I love. You read about them. Andrew Wyeth, who was considered a great painter, his father was an illustrator. Um, and now his son has even uh, carried on in his name. The family is sur- surrounded by art. They discuss methodologies by which you can interpret the world. What do I mean by that? Uh, you see a tree. And if I said to you, Robin, go paint that tree. I did a painting for you of your backyard. And it was your trees and this beautiful little uh, waterway you have back there. But if you said to me, well, go paint that tree... I'd say if I was if I had never painted before, I said, "Well, how am I going to do that? Maybe I draw like a lollipop that kind of resembled a tree right, and put yeah, some green paint with you know um, a trunk, and you know it just wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't fit anywhere." But there is a definite calligraphy in the same way you learn to write with your, your script. There's a definite calligraphy to interpret that tree in your backyard. But unless you learn that, unless someone exposes you to that, unless you start to even look at how other people interpreted trees, you would never be able to paint a tree. And and so when I say that, uh, you know, this painter or that painter years ago, they basically a famous artist would hire a bunch of young artists who didn't have much experience and he would let them paint for him and he would teach them. And in return for them helping him with his paintings and, and doing some, you know, kind of grunt work, they would get their training. So everybody's had training. Everybody learns this calligraphy. It doesn't happen. OK, maybe there is one one in a million who uh, didn't have to work hard at it. I don't know. Maybe Michelangelo was self-realized or something. But it's it's all bullshit that when people tell you, oh, yeah, he was born with that talent and he didn't have to develop it. Yes, but what is specifically an atelier? Atelier. It's where a group of painters paint. And it's usually one master painter who has his atelier. And he's got because a studio. Because you keep using that word like we all know it. Oh, I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's like a studio. It's a studio, you know, okay, where they paint. Well that's, and, yeah, you know, if you're going to oh. use it every day, I think I need a little, a little explanation because it's been I like, didn't even I know. don't think all week you've been using that word. And I, was I like, don't even. I got to ask him what that is because he keeps using it like everybody I'm, knows it. And thank God you said it because I'm probably using it wrong. Who even knows with me? You know what I mean? <laughs> Who even knows if I've got it right? <laughs> I just use words and hope for the best. Okay. Because yeah. I was just like, wait a minute. He used it yesterday. He used it yeah. Monday. And I don't know what that word is. And by the way, the explanation I just gave you of that could be totally wrong and full of shit. <laughs> I mean, it's really very possible. But, uh, you know, don't rely no, on me. You must have learned it somewhere. Well, yeah. I mean, I read a lot of uh, books about artists now and mm-hmm. sort of how they got that. Hey, next Tuesday, Emily Ratajkowski is going to be here speaking of uh, books. And uh, she wrote a, a doozy of a book. I'll be talking about that. And next Wednesday, the man himself, Paul McCartney, will be what? here on the show. Paul, he's going to stop be by. on again? Oh, my yeah. goodness. He must uh, like us gonna, or something that he, he yeah yeah no he 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 thinks we're decent people don't tell him anything <laughs> <laughs> he thinks we're on the ball but um, yeah anyway the Ed Sheeran album really good I uh, spent a lot of time yeah I like those songs you played and I like yep. what he just did yeah yeah very very good uh cheese and you know when he talks about putting together a song you know it's interesting because I was watching him on the Voice as I said and. You know, it's just interesting with people who have honed their craft the way he has. Yeah. That they can listen to, you know, they might be a great singer, 
But they're just belting out the song, you know, doing all those runs and doing everything they can. And Ed will always say something like, you know what? Sing it softly in the beginning. Yeah. And then do this and then do that. You know, like he even knows how to construct a song. So you bring it across in a way that people can relate to it better. So it builds. You'll, you know, you'll showcase what you can do better. Yeah, you don't want to blow your load too fast in a song. You know what I mean? You want to or have it be something. all the same is what he'll say. You yeah. know, like if you do it like that, it's all the same. You've got to nuance things and you know have it go in different places and be fast and slow and soft and loud. That way, you uh, come across the meaning of the song comes across better, and you also keep people's interest through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw so him. He's on the a portion. genius at that too. Yeah, I meant to ask him about the voice. You know, it's funny. As much time as I spend with the guy, you could ask him a million other. You can questions. never have enough time. Never have enough time. You know, that's how we are. We have our daily conversation. It's never enough, Robin. But I see <laughs> it's time to say goodbye. Um, oh, there's a guy calling in from a French atelier, and he's very <laughs> interested in you, Robin. Really? Uh, let him. Yes, yes, sir. Hello, yes, I'm a French atelier uh, for Robin. I want to show you how to draw a tree. Uh, of course, uh, you need to be topless, and I will, of course, be nude. You want, to treat, tree, uh, you want to treat Robin to a lesson and teach her how to draw a tree? But, of course, he'll be uh, nude. Yes, I, I think I picked up on that. Yeah. Why, sir, why would you be nude yes. with Robin? Well, uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, the tree will be my cock. And she will draw my cock uh, on the uh, the board, and uh, it will be harder as she draws. And it will be a challenge to draw the veins and draw the head and draw the balls. And uh, when I come, I say, "Sacré bleu!" <laughs> uh, uh, this guy's a fucker. I think this guy. Yeah, I don't think he He's wants to teach you how to creepy, draw. He's a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what he wants to do to you. I'll explain it to you later. Okay. I don't I'm think he's going to teach me to paint. Yeah. No, he wants you to do something with his cock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get out of here. Robin, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Till next time and uh, all that. All right, goodbye.